I'm Scott Hervey with Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escovito with Weintraub Tobin. A Florida bankruptcy court has terminated the naming rights agreement between Miami-Dade County and FTX concerning the Miami Heats arena. That's what we'll be discussing on this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. In 2022, we discussed multiple significant naming rights deals associated with professional sports venues. One company in particular entered into various endorsement agreements related to professional sports. That company is the now infamous FTX. Most significantly, FTX entered into a 19-year, $135 million naming rights deal for the arena where the NBA's Miami Heat play their home games. That arena is owned by Miami-Dade County. Of course, the house of cards that was FTX has come crashing down. So what happens to this particular agreement? Surely, Miami-Dade County no longer wants to be associated with FTX. And without a doubt, FTX will not be able to pay the monetary component of this agreement. Well, Scott, Miami-Dade County sought and obtained permission from the bankruptcy court in Florida to terminate its agreement with FTX which had over 17 years remaining, and accordingly, to remove all FTX branding from the arena and to immediately stop referring to the arena as FTX Arena. In this request, Miami-Dade County told the court that it needed to terminate the agreement and cleanse itself of the relationship with FTX in order to seek a new naming rights partner. The county also argued that if it were required to maintain the FTX branding on the arena, it would do nothing more than further harm the aggrieved customers of FTX. And sadly, this isn't the first time a situation like this has occurred in connection with naming rights deals involving professional sports facilities. Just over 20 years ago, a little company known as Enron entered into a naming rights agreement with the Houston Astros to change the name of their stadium to Enron Field. Shortly thereafter, the Enron scandal emerged, and the Houston Astros could not distance themselves quickly enough. Unfortunately for the Houston Astros, Enron had paid its deal in advance, or at least partially so. So the Astros had to pay Enron $2.1 million to end the relationships. The circumstances here are different, because FTX was already in arrears on the deal, allowing Miami-Dade County to terminate the agreement promptly through the bankruptcy proceeding and without having to buy its way out. Little company called Enron. So here's an interesting observation. So 20 years ago, it might not have been too common for a morals provision uh, in an agreement like this. Nowadays, there's a morals clause in almost every single contract out there. Uh, in uh, endorsement agreements. I put them sometimes in vendor agreements. They're in B2B agreements, like straight up regular commercial agreements where there's, you know, a, a, there's no termination for convenience provision. Um, so the fact that FTX had to petition the bankruptcy court um leads me to conclude that maybe such a clause was not in the stadium naming rights agreement between Miami-Dade County and FTX. What do you think? I think it's an interesting question. So that was something that occurred to me as I was looking into this. And I thought, I wonder if the Enron Houston Astros agreement had a morals clause, because theoretically, if it did, 
um, the Houston Astros wouldn't have had to buy Enron out of the agreement and could have instead said, we're invoking this provision. We're not paying you anything. You've engaged in fraud. Um, you know, I would have thought that if it, there weren't such a provision, and it's it's hard to say at this point uh, without digging in too deep, but I would have thought that maybe we would have learned from situations like that and that the FTX agreement would have had such a provision. And I suppose it's possible that it did. Uh, you know, maybe Miami-Dade County just wanted to have the courts essentially stamp of ratification on its decision to deem this contract terminated so that you know there wouldn't be a, a subsequent dispute over whether it had the rights to terminate the agreement under this provision. I mean, I think here it would have been pretty clear cut. I don't know that anyone would say, hey, FTX was a completely moral company. I, I don't see that happening, but you know, lawyers and such, yeah. uh, we like to make sure that everything is buttoned up. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm not a bankruptcy attorney, so I don't know um, if Miami-Dade had the unilateral authority to terminate a contract like this once one of the parties is in bankruptcy. Um, I just don't know. Maybe maybe some bankruptcy attorney who's listening to this podcast might leave us a comment and and tell us, and we, we'll, we'll talk about it later on on a later episode if some some smart bankruptcy attorney uh, points us in the right direction. But I can tell you, you know, 20 years ago, I was, you know, in the infancy of my practice and moral clauses were not as common as they are now. Um, I mean, you know, you can't sneeze and not hit a contract that doesn't have a morals clause nowadays. So, so for now, getting back to Miami-Dade County. So for now, Josh, I assume that the arena is just going to be known as the Miami-Dade Arena, but it probably won't be long before a new uh, naming partner emerges. Do you agree? I agree with that, Scott. There's a finite supply of these naming rights opportunities available in connection with stadiums and arenas themselves. While we're seeing additional branding opportunities arise in the form of things like jersey patches in the NBA, now we have jersey patches in the NHL, uh, obviously that is not as prime of an opportunity as having the naming rights for an entire game day facility. Those are considered the premier naming rights opportunity in the sports world. And so for that reason, um, I don't think this will last long, at least uh, to be clear. I mean, the arena being Miami Dade arena, uh, I think this could be uh, filled up by the end of the season, but perhaps a naming rights partner would like to wait until the end of the season. So they don't get stuck paying for, you know, a half of a season. Yeah, you're probably right, Josh. Thanks for sharing this interesting story. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this most recent installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a comment if you so choose. And if you're interested in more content like this, well, we have over 100 episodes, but you can also visit us at theiplawblog.com.